All right. So All right. Nice. Where were we? We've, where were we ta- yeah, we've, we've clapped talked? in. Clapped we're, in. we're clapped up. We're here. Clapped up. Clapped in. Yeah. Clap. Yeah. Clapped up. Clapped in. We've got. We've got the clap here tonight, folks. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> so uh, welcome to uh, another uh, exciting and raucous edition of the Left on Red podcast on our uh, now uh, yearly uh, JFK Day um, mem- uh, Memorial fundraiser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, uh, as always, I'm your host Evan. Joined by my co-host Cam. Hello. And we are joined by, uh, you know, you know them, you love them. It's Patrick and Ian once again to discuss another Stone Cold Stunner. So, Pat, (laughs) Ian, would you please introduce yourselves again to our lovely listeners? Pat, please, age before beauty. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, I I think I was having some some latency issues there with, with the Skype. Introduce Just say yourself. hello. I Come think on. that's all the introduction we oh, need. Uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm more or less exactly the way Evan described me, uh, named Patrick. <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> his yeah. reputation um, precedes him, folks. Yeah, his, yeah. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm here today not because of any serious scholarship I've done into the Knicks administration the man, his life, anything like that. I'm here because yeah. um, if you tell me to watch a four-hour-long movie to be on your little <laughs> computer computer show, uh, I'll do it. Yeah. This is the hey, I, as this I've has learned happened. about you, if there's one thing I know about Patrick is he is willing to degrade himself for hours through an Oliver Stone film in order to appear on this podcast. <laughs> and then the other, there's another guy here. There's yeah. another guy with Hey, it's here. me, um, Ian, Ian Miller of the, uh, wh- uh, what, <laughs> what do I do? I have a movie podcast. Uh, I, I, once upon a time, we did the, uh, uh, the, the Justice League podcast, and now I do a podcast yep. with uh, Ross from Rigs of Dad, where we talk about movies and occasionally uh, Bands on the Run, a short-lived MTV game show from the 2000s. <laughs> yep. Heck yeah. And uh, I am qualified for this show specifically because my dad taught Oliver Stone uh, in high school. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, there's cool. a fact I just learned uh, right before recording the third <laughs> the third episode of this. Oh, and of our Oliver Stone series. <laughs> you forgot to mention certified forklift operator. That's right. I mean, that goes without saying. You look at me, and you can just tell. Yeah, yeah. That I'm certified forklift. That man has driven forklifts professionally and safely. Absolutely. I, I actually have driven forklifts <laughs> professionally, but not safely, and never certified. So <laughs> no, I have a, yes, I have a funny either. Oliver Stone um, <laughs> uh, connection. It's it's uh, not as close as the the dad high school thing. I don't know if it can go into the actual episode though. Because it's it's someone else's story, but I can tell it here to you guys if you want, and then you can cut it out of the episode. Yeah, if you absolutely. Say it, it's please. going in. Or, or or you can just we'll tell just, the fans just they'll know that you just voice. told us a cool story, no, we'll, but they just won't hear it. We'll put our reactions in. Okay. Yeah. It's you know I've I've oversold it now. No, so it's uh... <laughs> so the uh, the following story has been redacted to protect the lives of the innocent, but just know it was a pretty good it was a pretty good story. Well, that, I thought that was a cool connection, and I'm yeah. mostly just saying this to remind myself to cut to cut it out. So when you get yeah. to this point, just cut it out. Hey, wow, so just so the fans story. know, that was a funny story. <laughs> Isn't that right, guys? That was a funny story. Hell yeah. Yeah, I bet you all wish you could have heard the, it. Oh, you know, you, there's, this is actually, there's a connection here, because this is the gap. This is the 18-minute gap. 
Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our very own 18-minute gap. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there we oh, go. Oh, that's funny. So yeah, um, so uh, just to uh, kind of set the stage a little bit, last year on November twenty second, uh, we released an episode about Oliver Stone's movie JFK, mm-hmm. which is a movie about how the CIA killed JFK. This year we'll be talking about uh, Oliver Stone's film Nixon, which is a movie about how the CIA killed JFK. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I, I'm really interested when we eventually do uh, the movie W about George W. Bush, if that will also be about how the CIA killed JFK. I just want to see how how uh, how much how much Oliver Stone can hammer that home. Yeah. But uh, you know, I I think one of the funny things about this, I guess I don't know, uh, Ian, you were the only one here that was even alive during Watergate, although <laughs> you were a little guy, so I, I doubt doubt you remember too much. Um. But the funny thing about Watergate, you know, I guess is that, you know, Nixon got caught, uh, or at least as the story goes, being involved in uh, in having people break into a the uh, hotel where the Democratic National Committee was being held, um, in order to do fucking something, <laughs> and this ended his presidency. To just like fucking re- root around. Like, yeah, yeah, just going like weird. Fucking- <laughs> Weird, like creepy guys rooting around in rooms with flashlights and tape over uh, door handles. Yeah. Um, it's never really ever explained what the fuck they were doing there or uh, what was so nefarious. You know, there's some theories, but um, it's all just kind of like, I don't know, they were there to, I don't know, they were fucking doing something. I like and, to think uh, that the they president's got to go for that. I like to think <laughs> that they were engaged in the kind of espionage that I engaged in in college, which was just like... Filling Stealing Robin with, from your fill, roommate. Filling, filling condoms with like fake lotion cum and hanging them on door handles. That's what I'm assuming Watergate was all about. It's like they're like, no, it's too much water. It doesn't look real. Uh, and I, I maybe getting ahead of ourselves here, but um, at this point in the podcast, we've spent more time discussing the events of the actual Watergate break-in. Oh yeah, than Oliver Stone's 1995 yeah. film Nixon. Yeah, we're no, I'm totally not... unconcerned. With the events that, that, that's of the actual the, break-in. That's what I was saying before. It's like, this movie is, once again, just about JFK. <laughs> so I do have a theory about this, you guys. You'll have to <clears throat> let me know if you think this is on track. <clears throat> okay. Excuse me. Um, I need a cough drop. Hand me a Ricola. Yeah, yeah, you got it, man. Um, <laughs> I think that during the time that this was made, and certainly in Oliver Stone's mind, 
the events of Watergate were so fresh in the zeitgeist that he did not even feel like he had mm-hmm. to explain. You, you know, right. you know my, my audience knows what I'm talking about. It's, you know, we just lived through this. This was very recent history. And so he was not projecting himself, you know, 20-ish years into the future yeah. and saying, I'm going to have to explain this for the next generation because, you know, this is taken as read. We all know what this means. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you completely. And it's it's really like, I think kind of looking back, especially with, you know, generations, you know, or younger generations, that's like, you look at, I mean, it was like, it seems like it was probably one of those things at the time it made so much sense the president's got to go for this, but it's really through, I guess, the sobriety of later, uh, yeah. later, later, like looking back on it, that you're like, wait, what's but, so fucking bad about this? Wait, yeah. why they were just guys in a hotel? What the fuck? Like- <laughs> I actually had, I actually had a very similar reaction looking back at contemporaneous reviews of this movie, which were actually <laughs> very charitable. Like yeah. if you look at yeah. like the Met- Metacritic or whatever, like. I think I think most reviewers, uh, local Mick, Mick LaSalle, the guy who was at the Chronicle forever, uh, who yep. is my my mortal enemy, uh, is <laughs> a notable exception. Everybody like this looked like a prestige movie. It looked like yeah. an Oscar caliber film. It was from the guy that we know as Oliver Stone, who makes good movies. Mm-hmm. People accepted this as a good movie. Guys, I'm here to tell you this is a dog shit movie. Like it makes no sense. <laughs> oh yeah. On any level, the timeline is completely fucked. The way Dude. that they chose to dramatize the action is insane. Yeah. And it's just a yeah. bad movie. So like when I was looking at the reviews at, of the day, I'm like, did did we all see the same thing? Because y'all seem to think that this was good. And I think Oliver Stone just like hoodwinked an entire generation of people into well, thinking this movie was good because it's not. So here's the thing, you know, Oliver Stone is clearly at this point transitioned into documentaries. And I think JFK is a little bit like this. And this movie is a lot like this where you can tell he just kind of wanted to make documentaries at this point, And that right, should yeah. be what he was doing. I mean, this movie is like, it's, it's got a lot of good information. In it. It's clearly like well-researched, but it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you right. talking about? Like, it's just, like, he does, like, Oliver Stone has this, like, very bad tendency. He did it in Alexander, the one that we watched, too. Oh, my God. Where there's just constant jumping back and forth in timelines, sometimes without ever fucking specifying that you have to pick up on context clues of, like, who else is in the scene, where yeah. they are. It's a, like, figure out, oh, we're back in the 60s. Okay, now we're in, like, 72. Now we're in 74. All right, now we're back in the 30s. Sometimes he has, like, the, the numbers at the bottom. Yeah. But it's how, just old constantly... do, how old does Joan Allen look? That, yeah. Yeah, that's my only way to figure yeah, out where the right. fuck we are in time. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's constantly going like that. And, you know, like I said, it's like he has all these things that he wants to talk about. And there's a lot of, like, there's moments in it, too. Like, I, I remember specifically one scene of, like, the bombing of Cambodia. Just, like, firebombing. And it was, like, cool footage. But it's also just like, like you can tell he's just like he wants to tell people about these things. He just doesn't make like a narrative or a plot around it. So it's like, yes, dude, just make documentaries. That's what you want to do. And it's what he does now. It plays like yeah. a super high budget, like a Ken Burns documentary. Like this, yeah. JFK Especially with definitely. All the crazy montage shit that, yeah. that was infuriating to watch. It's like, All it was was montage. Not- the movie is a montage of montages. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's a three-hour montage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Like the, the, in particular, so I made note in my, of, of the, so the scene where, you know, Tricky Dick goes to China and meets with Chairman yeah. Mao was, oh, was dude, one of was- the worst edited scenes I've ever seen in a movie. 
Um, and so to, to circle back to Ian's point, like, not only did this seem like an Oscar caliber movie, this movie won four Oscars. Like, the, yeah. this is an Oscar winning yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it won, like, BAFTAs. It won, yeah. So, like, it's, 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 was clearly considered to be a movie of that, of that caliber. And there, there is some, like, high school level film class bullshit Oof. in here. Uh, like just soundtrack like they're just like ah we only recorded like two minutes with chairman mouse so let's just fucking pump that soundtrack and put Uh, some shit over the background and then just make Mao look really evil and lightning there was literal like lightning at one point it's just oh the whole thing it was so bananas i mean oliver stone hams it up he definitely does like oh god he lays it on fucking heavy (laughs) the man's fists are hams like it's just like so I think the it's funny too because by far I thought the best scene of this film was the fucking deleted scene, where it was Sam Watterson as Richard yes. Helms, and like Anthony Hopkins does really well in the scene because like he really plays it like Nixon's realizing damn I'm in over my fucking head, and Richard Helms is just like you're in fucking over your head man, like when he's talking about how um you know I wasn't dumb enough to put my fuck to attach my fucking name. To uh, to Operation Mongoose in Cuba, I wasn't fucking dumb enough to put my name and and say yes, I'm signing off on these covert illegal operations, and your ass was, and now you want me to get you the fuck out of it? Fuck you, dude! Like, and that's and it was like great, and it's like of course that's the one scene that's fucking cut. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? There yeah. were two two notable things about that because I did watch the 3.5 hour version, um, which was not the agreed upon version, but it's the only one that I had access to. So I watched it. It had the it had the Sam Waterston stuff in it. Two insane things, three three insane things that happened during that scene. Clearly, like they didn't record, they didn't get enough of the original audio from the scene. So sometimes Sam Waterston, you'll be hearing the dialogue, but the man's mouth is not moving to match it they do this twice <laughs> yeah where where he was just like Oliver Stone's like fuck it I'm committed to using this dialogue even though the character's mouth is closed so that happens yeah. a couple times then uh Sam Waterston uh his eyes just turn black yeah 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 showing that he's yeah, the well, great he's spritzing Satan. his little plants not not just not just black but while he's uh <clears throat> surrounded by plants in a garden yes. I think clearly the illusion that he's Satan in the garden of Eve, yep. uh, uh, Satan in the garden. But. Yeah. And then the, the other thing is, <laughs> I forget what the context of this one is. I think it's about when he's talking about bombing Cambodia and they cut mm-hmm. to a horse that appears to be foaming at the mouth. Like, just, <laughs> just like there's, again, with the montage thing, please, yeah. my brother in Christ, just make a documentary instead. Like, yeah. narrative film is not like your jam. Do something yeah. else. And, it's and yeah, that's what he does now. Um, and, that, and that's the funny thing too. Like, I like Oliver Stone. I think, I mean, he's done a lot of good research. I mean, his shit is a, like a lot on point these days. You know, he was he's generally based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was doing. Uh, he's been doing like a, for instance, just like documentary. He has like a documentary film series online. One of which was about the Euromaidan coup, and he did it in like 2014 or 2015. Um, and so he's like on top of all this shit, and he does really, really good research. And it's just like, so there's that Oliver Stone that I like, and then there's the filmmaker Oliver Stone, and it's just like, damn, dude, you are fucking lost in the south, dude. Like, how? Do, what, so, what is the precipitating event here? Was it drugs? Like, did he have a psychotic break? Did he just well, get I don't strung know out on coke? Like, what's the what? what is I don't know. He does theory. have a famous yeah. episode on Jeopardy where he did Celebrity Jeopardy, blasted on 
MDMA. Oh fuck! On ecstasy, yeah. he wins. Of all the shows, and he's like to go talking on on shit. Too, like... He's like talking shit to like Wolf Blitzer and walking <laughs> up to him and like fucking dinging the the stupid thing like right in his face. And oh afterwards, he's like, "Oh yeah, I was on like a shit ton of ecstasy during that episode," and he wins. Like oh, yeah, that oh, that's rules. awesome. That's like yeah, a less King cool shit. version of uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone on acid at the yeah. Oscars. It's like, oh, dude, no, it's hysterical. The the episode is on YouTube. You guys should absolutely watch it. Yeah. It is so fucking funny. He is blasted doing this, and he's just smoking them. <laughs> and Wolf Blitzer is so mad. <laughs> like, just oh, dude, it's such a good episode. I mean, that in and of itself sounds worth it. Oh yeah, it's amazing, just dude. Yeah, like you guys got enraged, huffy. Yeah, and I just love Wolf after Blitzer. facts. Like, oh yeah, no, dude, I was on a shit ton of ecstasy. Beta male <laughs> Wolf Blitzer. It's, it's yeah, he's, he sucks so bad. Yeah, um, he's so mad in it. So it seems like the general consensus here. Does anybody disagree that this movie like sucked pretty hard? <laughs> well, I mean, so let me put it like this. I had to I rented it from Amazon. I know I'm a shitlord. But so they give you 48 hours. Uh That's uh, not so enough. Watched, the movie I, it feels longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't enough. They 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 put me on the time limit. They let me finish it, but I was like right up against my forty eight hours when I finished it because I watched it in three sittings. And I was oh. singing. I was like, "Please tell me I'm not gonna have to pay another six dollars to watch the last ten minutes of this movie." And thankfully, they let me finish it. But literally, when I sat down after work tonight, I had like seventy minutes left, and it said you have 59 minutes to finish this movie. And I was like, damn it. So I'm sitting there like, I got to like take a piss. And I'm just like, <laughs> like sitting up straight. Like, nope, nope. I got, I cannot, I cannot pay another $6, but they actually let me finish it. It was, it was very, thank you, Jeff Bezos for, 
for not charging your me another six dollars to watch this movie. Your magnanimity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had a similar experience um, <laughs> with a with a forty eight hour rental of the film. I rented it on the Vudu platform uh, because okay. I'm a man of the people. Nice. Um, you know. Um, <laughs> Do you, uh, do you guys want to like thank me for that or or something uh, or praise? I will do that very much. You know, yeah. okay, that's fine. That's you can, fine. You can take I'll, your I'll Venmo you something for your emotional um, labor. Also, please, yeah, listeners at yeah. home, listeners at home, please, um, uh, in your own ways, thank Patrick. You know, leave your um, cash app figure... link in the show description. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you yeah, can cash app him uh, a few dollars. I was pretty sure I could make it through this whole thing in one go because I did the extended cut of JFK, expecting. To break it up over two nights, and I I killed that thing in in one one four hour sitting. This bad boy, um, an hour in, I had to pause the film, yep. set a twenty five minute timer on my phone, <clears throat> take a nap. I woke up, I watched another hour of it, and I <laughs> I had to pause it, go to sleep, finish it the next night, and even then, uh, I was uh, I was dozing off at the end. It's just. It reminded yeah. me, you know, <clears throat> JFK does a similar thing where there are, it's edited in that similar way where it's very frantic and kind of sclerotic. Yeah. Um, but with JFK, I don't know. It sort of like makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Because, you know, it's it a guy genera- it together. Generally proceed- For the most part, it proceeds chronologically. It, it, yeah, it you know it won an editing Oscar, I think JFK, um, which yeah it makes I mean some form of narrative sense. Um, yeah, this one absolutely does fucking not. Um, yeah, it's, it does, it's all know, over the place. Similar to similar to, to Alexander, it does the thing where he's trying to to sync up events, you know, through time. Oh. So yeah. the film has no no sense of kind of narrative momentum. There's no it doesn't build to one climax. It it climaxes about fifty times. And it's then got the, the ending, refractory period of a North American hummingbird. And then the ending is like 15 minutes of the most boring shit. And it fucking sucks. I have ever it seen sucks a dick. film in my fucking life. It is just fucking Anthony Hopkins crying with Henry Kissinger like, I hope nobody sees us praying together. And it's like 15 <laughs> fucking minutes of this. Like, oh. like what the that fuck, was a way, That was a way better Kissinger than Servino manages ever. <laughs> So, <laughs> like, most insane piece of casting uh, Kissinger, that I can fascinating recall. character. I mean, the movie really should have been like a uh, 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 a buddy comedy. I think, uh, yeah, with, with Halder, starring Halderman and Kissinger. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. dude. The, yeah, you know J- Kissinger and the James Woods. <laughs> yeah, James uh, Woods, just like one of the creepiest assholes in Hollywood. Oh, just like and the, the, just the like least perfect based fucking dude casting. in fucking Hollywood. It's James yeah. Woods. <laughs> Dude, and he's like such like a creepy sleaze ball, and it's just like just pouring through in this film as well. Just always this like weird wry smile. Yeah, it makes uh, you want like to like how... wipe the grease off your screen whenever he's on. Yeah, I, and it's I like I like to how too though... they they had J Edgar Hoover this like Ooh. hyper gay portrayal of J Edgar Hoover. <laughs> oh fuck, more yes, like the gay Edgar boys. Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Got that, there yeah, was some sensual uh, shit in this uh, movie. Uh, yeah, Long Good a little Friday. apple I'm kiss. On that was yeah. fucking. That was tight. That That's was one of my saying, favorite dude. parts they, of the movie. Because, like, like, I mean, like, J. Edgar Hoover is like pretty. At least, I guess, like, you know, an open secret that he was gay. And Oliver Stone's just like, this dude is gonna be super fucking gay in this movie. Yeah. Like, he's going to do like weird, like, 
sexual harassment stuff with pool boys. <laughs> so I, I, I actually, from the very get-go, I, I was getting like, like hyper-gay vibes from this movie right off the bat in a great way. Uh, yeah. The first scene, it opens up with a group of guys in a room doing what any group of guys should be doing whenever they're together, picture of Margs. And then yeah, yeah, immediately, yeah. like the first line of dialogue, Leave the I swear to God, it's Frank, deep. I'm going to make you a new asshole. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's just, and then from then on, there's all these weird little tense moments. Um, the best part is it's Ed Harris as E. Howard Hunt, who's the one yeah. who's like, leave the picture. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude. <it's>, so good. <laughs> leave it. And yeah. then, Wait. you know, right up through like, you know, Mary Steenbergen, who like have always okay. had a crush on because she's Mary Steenbergen. Oh, and okay, then you know, little good, yeah. baby, baby, baby Dick, who's just like, "Mother, think of me as thine own loyal dog." What the and I'm fuck like, was with the talking? I, I don't know with, how to feel. With Mary Steenburgen, as, my jeans feel as tight. I, <laughs> Why is she saying "thee" and "thine" all the time? Like eighteen ninety or some shit. I think that's a Quaker thing. Yeah, uh, Nixon oh. was a was a quaked up shorty. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Quaked yeah, quaked up white quaked boy. Up with the sauce. Yeah, quaked up white boy. <laughs> quaked yeah. up white boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, this was Cam. To your point, like this is a a film featuring women that I shouldn't be attracted to, but am like Joan Allen and Mary Steenburgen. Just like mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know them them skinny actress broads. There's something something going on there. That some works. some yeah. All right, so to, I forget who asked this, but mm-hmm. like Cam or excuse me, Evan, was it you who said like do we do mm-hmm. we all agree that this movie was generally bad? I think that was Cam who said that, but oh, okay, sorry. I second that motion. <laughs> I do I do want to say. That it did one thing well. Okay. Uh, I think, and it kind of doesn't doesn't really come out until uh, I was about to say the third act, but I'm not sure that this thing has a three act structure. Some <laughs> sometime in the it's third one fucking hour, yeah. Sometime <laughs> in the third hour, Nixon or somebody mentions the Beast, which yes. is Oliver Stone's concept for for I, I don't know, like the deep state, the, yeah. you know, the, the in, occulted uh, military state. industrial complex, the whatever, yeah. <clears throat> the fucking, the swamp, right? Like, yeah. And so one thing the movie does well is sort of portrays the deep state, the, the beast. Yeah. And how it is futile to, you know, uh, tr- try and go up against it. Yeah. That said, in the same in the same breath that it does that, that it, that it dramatizes that. It also completely excuses. It seems to me, or maybe that's being maybe that's being too harsh. Yeah. To some degree, it excuses Nixon personally for all the horrible shit that he did, and chooses yeah. to focus on what a sad, lonely, broken, frustrated guy he was. So yeah, yeah. it's in that sense it's almost like an apologia about nixon like come on guys he you know he did a lot of bad stuff but it wasn't all his fault which that may be true and i suspect that it probably is i think that it is probably impossible for one person or you know one group of people to resist the deep state that doesn't mean that homeboy is, is off the hook for yeah he, he was know, kind of being the figurehead of, of all this yeah he was kind of portrayed like a tragic hero in this a little bit which is bullshit to me. I mean, yeah, no, he yeah. he's not a hero at all. And like, like you know, and insofar as he went against the deep state, you know, what I mean, like he was cooed. Like I think all of us here would generally agree with yeah. Oliver Stone's uh, um, uh, point, which was that you know you need to think of the you know, you know you need to think of Watergate and the same year as the JFK assassination. That this was yet another coup against a president who was kind of going against them. I mean, he talks about that too a bit with uh, detente. 
with mm -hmm. uh, the USSR and also, you know, the opening up of China and how much this went against the wishes of the beast. But yeah, he, he um, it's definitely a very uh, sort of rosy portrayal of of uh, uh, Nixon. I do agree with you. I think that's uh, mainly um, to the detriment of the film. And even, I think his, like, the... even his like dark moments, like him like struggling to open a 100 count bottle of like Percocets or whatever the fuck. They kind of turn it into like this endearing where he's like, oh, crumbs. And he like drops them. He's like, oh, yeah. shit. I got to yeah. get him. And you're just okay. like, oh, man, like let the guy just have his medicine. Poor guy. Like, okay. You I, know, everyone's mean to him. Let the, let the guy have his uh, benzos. <laughs> that reminds me. I do want to say one thing. I did before say I think the best scene was the deleted one. It actually isn't. It's towards the end of the movie. I believe I watched it the second night that I was watching the movie. The three nights. So sometime in the second hour. Nixon wanders into the kitchen late at night in the White House, drunk as fucking shit. Yeah. Just fucking rattling around cabinets and shit. And and he's just unwiel like wielding a bottle of ketchup, just swinging it around. And his cook comes in and he's like, oh, sir, sir, sorry, I was asleep. What can I make you? And he's like, well, you know. And the guy's just like, yeah, I'll just go in the kitchen until he fucking passes out or something. No, he goes to get a booze. <laughs> just... You know means he wants to drink, so he gets him a big glass of scotch. Yeah, yeah, yeah but he's just, like, waving around a bottle of Heinz ketchup. It's just, like, drunkenly. <laughs> and he's like, you know. It's just like, I, it I literally, I laughed out loud at that part and had to pause it because I was just, like, almost crying. That if I was find out that the, absolutely the White hysterical. House... If I find out that the White House stocks fucking Hunt's ketchup, I might, I might fucking have to coo the president. That would January sixth, all over, baby. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> January sixth, but just for replacing the ketchup in the White House <laughs> for condiments. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean yeah, they that... don't use Heinz? I'm gonna go and schmit schmancy schmalosi with a schmammer. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I deal with my anger. Um, yeah, so I, 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 uh, no, I do sorry. really uh, agree with with Ian though about the uh, the the deep state stuff being the most effective sort of yep. part of the movie. Um, that might be overstating it because no part of the movie is effective in any way or good or pleasant to watch. Um, but yeah, the uh, the it's hard to get like a handle on any part of the 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 movie. But the um, it's a slippery know, bastard. Yeah. So so the kind of. Uh, uh, the character does have a name. I think it's Jack something. Um, but the, the the sort of conglomerate of, of business concerns that Nixon Larry, it's Larry Hagman to the um, fucking the, JR. Uh, the uh, uh, John Birch guys. Yeah. Um, who he sort of first encounters when he's down in Dallas uh, trying to uh, close a Studebaker deal. Kennedy gets assassinated. Yep. Um, and he's in this room with these right wing John Birch freaks who it's implied killed Kennedy, uh, which I'm not sure how that fits together with the JFK, uh, motion picture, uh, theory, uh, gay orgies don't come up once. Um, well, but yeah, I think, you know, uh, uh, stones, I think accurately, you know, showing the, um, kind of weird like place that Nixon found himself in where he was like his whole life. And, you know, they show this through his, uh, uh, tumultuous, sad childhood and young adulthood, um, you know, driving his, uh, his future wife on dates with other guys, uh, uh, <laughs> unliked at college, you know, he was the tackling yep. dummy on the football team. Just supremely uh, you know, he had this like, one. yeah, yeah. Yeah. He had this like, 
like horrible chip on his shoulder about people who thought they were better than him and the you know terms kind of fall out of favor but back then the eastern establishment what they now call cultural elites or whatever i think is is the best uh, comparison um and like nixon viciously hated these guys because he was like they didn't let him into the to the the white shoe law firms um you know because he was from whittier he wasn't as good as them um but like he was their lapdog eventually. And he, he yeah. comes to find that in the film. I think, again, it's hard to pin down a, 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 a timeline on this thing, really with that scene um, on, on November 22nd with this conglomerate of, of business guys who come up again and he gets in the, the sort of arguments with them and they, they put him in his place and it's implied coup him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was a weird choice, I think. And I kept <clears throat> expecting this to come up because, again, the entire fucking thing's out of chronological order. But like Nixon's like, like sense that he owed these people who he hated and despised and looked down on him and and he was better than them, um, that he was like beholden to them in ways he didn't like starts with like his first congressional run. Yeah, because he was uh, recruited to run in Whittier against uh, Jerry Voorhees. 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 Yeah, uh, yeah. Who was yeah, uh, you know, deeply entrenched uh, uh, Democrat and this group of. You know, uh, uh, business uh, yeah, yeah. concerns. Yeah, yeah. Um, called the Committee of a Hundred. I always thought uh, Nixon answered an ad in a newspaper. I, I think they did put ads in newspapers, just looking for anybody to 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 challenge him. But they reached out to Nixon when he was in Baltimore. Well, uh, um, I think a family friend or something, uh, like a was... Bank of America executive, and he came back to Whittier and he ran for Congress and won. And from day one. You know, he had this sense of these people he wanted to show up that 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 uh, looked down on him actually gave him his seat in, in Congress. And I think by moving that like several decades forward in the movie, like Stone kind of moves the, the center of gravity, you know, and lets Nixon. Yeah, kind of off the hook. Like he didn't realize till he was president that this is how things work, um, which was really baffling. Really, really yeah. baffling. And I think it is, it gets back to, I think in the JFK episode, uh, Ian, you said like <clears throat> Stone's really kind of the or boomer. And like, he just has to give a president this particular like arc of greatness, you know? Yep. Like he has to give him a tragic childhood. It has to be about like the Kissinger line about how he had greatness in his hands. Um, and yeah, it kind of undercuts whatever point I think he's trying to make there. Well, uh, the point so the film I... Secret Honor makes better. Yeah. <laughs> So I, this is actually uh, I talk about this in the latter half of um, of the American Utopia series I did, but uh, Nixon was actually approached by the Dulleses uh, while he was in the armed forces in World War II. He was a Dulles man dating back to even before <clears throat> his political career, and that's when it uh, that's when it first began. And so he was, you know, he was kind of like groomed by by you know the, these uh, these Eastern elite, um, the what's a faction called the Yankees. He was groomed by them, including by Dulles, Alan Dulles himself. I believe it was Alan Dulles. I don't think it was Foster. It was Alan during World War II while he was serving. So it goes all the way back to then. And, you know, and they talk a bit, too, about uh, another event that I really liked. Slight, uh, a little bit in this movie called the, um, the Pumpkin Papers, which is uh, Nixon. He was cutting his teeth as the anti-communist uh, witch finder general uh, before McCarthy was. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the ones he did was the Alger Hiss story where they talked about how Alger Hiss had a fake pumpkin in his yard with cut out and that inside of it were these like basically documents 
that he uh, some sort of like espionage documents relating to the Soviet Union, and he just recalled the fucking pumpkin papers. Uh, but you know, it was like Nixon like destroyed his <coughs> career uh, through this, you know, sort of the um, his kind of witch finding. And also, what I want another thing I want to talk about is right before the JFK assassination, when uh, in the movie, when Nixon is uh, meeting with those guys. Uh, I feel like there's maybe a little wink by Oliver Stone towards sexual blackmail schemes because Nixon is sitting there, right? And he's talking to that young girl and she puts his hand, her hand on his lap. Mm. And then one of the guys comes up, you know, one of the guys who are like controlling Nixon and says, you know, we have a room in the back if you guys want a little bit more privacy. And Nixon is just like, oh, we're fine here. Uh, but I like, I wonder, you know, I wonder if they're sort of like, kind of like a, they were trying to, you know, get him cheating on his wife to get even more uh, with this young girl to get even more control over him, especially right before they were about to uh, have him in Dallas to witness uh, President get his head blown off. You with, know what and, I mean? So I do wonder if that was sort of like a little hint right there by Stone. It also definitely showed Nixon's resolve because if you can resist Veronica Vaughn, I mean, you're <laughs> that's willpower. She was a I thought the point sure. of the scene was that one, Nixon one uh, is a nerd who didn't fuck. <clears throat> yeah. Get zero but Evan, I mean, to your point, you would need so much extra context, which I mean, even in 1995, your average moviegoer would not have yeah. a fifth of what you, you know, the knowledge of yeah. what you just said. That is some deep fucking American lore. And yeah, yeah. So that's all of I'm that was I'm... certainly lost on me and would have been lost. I feel like certainly your average oh. moviegoer when the shit came out. So like, that, that's you're why asking I'm your audience was... to go a long way to meet you there. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering if it was like a wink, but not necessarily one that like <clears throat> was intended to be picked up on maybe by everybody. Especially at that point, you know, like like uh, the Epstein stuff hadn't really come out yet at all. You know, no. it was really just at its height. Um, you know, and you had like sort some stuff in uh, like Belgium with like Mark Dutroux, but you know that wasn't really known in the U.S. Stuff like that. So there were these sexual blackmail schemes already being uncovered. Um, but yeah, so I just saw that, and that was immediately where my mind went. It was yeah. like I wonder if they were trying to you know, get him surveilled in there just to get another modicum of control over him. But, I mean, that makes total sense. I don't know why else you would include that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, there are so many... I feel like every scene in this movie, for me, was sort of that exact thing, Ian, where it's like, except that I went into this... I know nothing about any of this shit. I, mm-hmm. I know nothing about Richard Nixon and his president. Like, the bare minimum, right? And so, to me, I felt so lost in the sauce throughout like this entire movie because pretty much it, it's such a poor narrative film it does yeah. absolutely nothing to present any meaningful information to your average movie goer goer yeah. and so it's like you know especially considering like what what you just said Ian like at the time it's asking so much of your of your audience to get all these little winks and nods um I, I don't understand how this movie got some of the accolades that it did because, I mean, to me, as someone who knew nothing going into it, I found most of it, like, <laughs> I didn't even know whether it was compelling or not because I just didn't have enough, like, background research going into Oliver Stone's Nixon to be like, oh, that makes sense or that doesn't make sense. I was just like, I guess right. fucking that guy uh, lied to that guy and, hey, Nixon didn't fuck. Like, it was just it was just so much, like, it was like it was like a dream quality to the whole thing. There was no cohesion. Well, yeah. No attempt to explain anything. It was just sort of like, here's this sad little <clears throat> snail man who's just fucked up on drugs and, like, everyone yeah. hates him and he's just, he can't do anything right and, like, he just, I don't know. The whole thing was like, have you guys seen The Office? 
They personified yeah, Nixon like Kevin well spilling show. his chili. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and the whole movie was just that. It was just like, oh, there he goes, like, dropping his famous chili again. They're, and everyone's like, geez, all gonna get dick, to why can't you stop being a fucking pot. weirdo? <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. A, so the thing is, like, Oliver Stone, and like what Ian said before, he's generally pretty based. Like, he knows what he's talking about. And, yeah. you know, he's got, like, the right idea a lot of the time. And so, like, I think... And, like, his movies tend to be, like, this one and JFK. Like, I like JFK. I like it sort of ironically. Um, I think it's funny as hell. Maybe it's certainly a way better movie than this was. Yeah. And, like, people, like, people, you know, on the power political left, you know, who study this kind of stuff, they love Oliver Stone, obviously, you know, uh, for good reason. But they, like, also will say, like, this and JFK are, like, good movies. And, like, I like JFK in the way that, like, I like Step Brothers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... And this movie, it's just like, and they'll say like, oh, this is a good movie. It's like, listen, like, I, I love Oliver Stone as, you know, a researcher and whatnot. He's great. And it's cool to see a movie talking about these things. But, like, that doesn't mean it's a good movie. It's a movie that I get. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like reaching into my psyche. But that doesn't mean it's a good movie. That's not a great psyche to be in. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, so, I can't imagine walking into a movie theater in 1995 and watching this thing and coming out and being like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, oh, all right. Like, like, was the projector broken? Like, was the guy, like, putting the reels in in the wrong order or something? Yeah. <laughs> it absolutely felt like that at times. Couldn't agree yeah. more. There's got to be I, like, Imagine one. being in the editing bay and he's like, okay, all right. Yeah, color, color, color. Okay, five frames black and white. Okay, back to color. Okay. Yep. okay, and then we're going to have the fucking newsreel guy come in for absolutely no reason for additional historical <laughs> yeah. context. Like, yep. I, I wonder if that was a studio note. People would be like, Oliver, nobody has any fucking idea what you're talking about. You need to figure out some sort of way to set the context. And so they did the hackiest fucking thing ever. And they had newsreel guy. And then right. Kent State happened and these kids got killed. Yeah. Jesus. That's what I'm saying. Like he, like just wants to, he just wants to talk about these things. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, but, well, and it sucks though because there are so many other points in the movie where it's like, okay, if we're so you're willing to do that, you're willing to do like hacky exposition, which is like just the lamest narrative technique of all time. But if you're willing to do it for like these <clears throat> few points in the movie, how come you didn't just do it for the whole movie and at least just make the thing have some sort of cohesion? Instead, it's like two and a half hours of the movie he doesn't bother and then periodically he'll be like oh also this is the point in the movie where kent state happened just for yeah. so everyone's on the same page and it's like well what the fuck man i'm in way too deep to be on any fucking page yeah. now like I, I, yeah. I just need some kind of narrative synopsis and then he doesn't even do so with a lot of historical uh, fiction whether it's books or movies whatever the the if they're not willing to have the kind of like chops to connect the the historical facts in a way that feels cohesive they'll at least like make up compelling shit to like fill the space so at least mm -hmm. it's like an entertaining movie right so like braveheart i think is a good example of that that shit's so fucking made up but like that's it's a movie you can plot it from start to finish and like <laughs> it's entertaining you know what i mean um this doesn't even have that so like one minute Pat Nixon's like, I'm going to divorce you if you go back into politics. And then and the then next she's minute like, she's like, with we're you, in it together and I'll never leave you no matter what you say or do to me. And it's just like, what the fuck is this? I don't know. Like, ugh. And this movie won an Oscar for best fucking screenplay. <laughs> that is utterly insane to me. You know what I mean? It's a rough year bananas. for screenplays, man. Um, so like, also uh, something I want to talk about. So I remember we brought up uh, Alan Pacula. 
uh, his movie, uh, The Parallax View, during the JFK Ooh. episode. The Parallax View, like, one of my absolute, like, favorite films of all time. It is fucking on point. It is brutal. Uh, well shot. You know, there's all these, like, cool, like, oh, themes throughout it. It's an amazing film. The way about... that Pacula uses the fucking long shots in that movie yeah. is, like... Or like the colors, ob- like you know, the how he color uses, palette, like, blue color palette, oh, red color palette, white color palette during different points. Mm-hmm. But like the sound design with like the when oh. the dam opens so at good. like the height of the paranoia. The whole fucking... damn scene, the long shot yeah. of of homeboy at the dam, and then the yeah. oh. dude, it's yeah, amazing. Man. And that and that is like an amazing film about uh, assassination paranoia, political assassination paranoia. And I think that. His uh, Pacula has another film in that trilogy called All the President's Men, which I think is a great foil with this film to those ones where All the President's Men is the bat is extremely well done as all of Pacula's are. But the bad version of the Nixon of the Watergate scandal, where it's the limited hangout version, where it's the Nixon had people do something and he needed to lose his job for it. (laughs) But like, so I think that's a great foil of it's the bad version of this. But with done greatly, and then <laughs> where Nixon is the good version of it done bafflingly. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, like they kind of reverse a little bit, you know, switch places a little bit in between those two films. I, I so I, I couldn't help but think about that while while watching this one. Yeah, yeah all, the other movie that came to mind. Oh, sorry. No, no, I was just gonna say oh. all the presidents men, excellently shot film. You know, it's yeah. an awesome film. It really grips you. But the whole time you're like, Man, this is fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the, the movie that I kept thinking of, I mean, All the President's Men occurred to me as well. And I think if you were to like ask Oliver Stone about, you know, his decision to, again, 
provide very little exposition about the actual Watergate break-in, he would probably tell you, uh, as as the war yeah. boomer he is, like, oh yeah, there's already a perfect movie about that. It's all the president's men. Like, you know, you, you don't you don't need to hear Watergate again. They already did it. Yeah, it's like uh, um, it's like how Spider Man Homecoming doesn't talk about Spider Man's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like uh, origin um, again. <laughs> but yeah, the other movie that I kept thinking of while I was watching it uh, the is JFK the Extended uh, Universe. Uh, the uh, Roger Altman um, uh, Secret Honor film. If you guys have seen that one, Evan, did you watch that I actually that haven't one? watched it yet. I, I was hoping that I had time to watch it before this, but unfortunately uh, I had to really break up the Nick yeah. and, and it's a three. Fair notes. enough. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's like a really interesting companion piece to Nixon. Cause like, like you said, Evan, with the, the, uh, uh, bad version done well, the, the good version done poorly, I would say secret honor is the good version done well. Um, it, and resol- there are a it lot resolves of, like, the dialectic you would say. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and there's like a lot of like similarities between like secret honor and Nixon, uh, because they're both about Richard Nixon and Watergate would be one yeah. reason, but specifically like stuff that I picked up on that I assume is is accurate to to the Nixon uh, you know final days. Um, yep. In both films, he's in the red smoking jacket, lounge jacket. He's yelling at Dude, paintings. Yeah. He's drinking heavily. Um, in Nixon, there's a line about how he makes a line about having a gun and then says he doesn't have one. Um, in Secret Honor, he's waving a gun around. Yeah. Um, but the idea is, is Secret Honor starts by, by you know, with a, with a title card that explains that it's a fictional account of Nixon's final night in the White House uh, before he signs the uh, the resignation. And the entire film is just uh, uh, Nixon drinking heavily and, and yelling at himself and the walls yeah. uh, for an hour and a half. Um, <clears throat> and similar to, to, to Nixon, the film um, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't get into the weeds about what Watergate actually was. It doesn't get into the weeds about any, any of the actual uh, stuff about the Nixon administration because, you know, partly I think because yeah, they expect audiences to know about it. But also, the actual events of Watergate are ultimately immaterial to Nixon's resignation. It was about the, the cover up, yeah. right? And uh, those omissions like make sense in Secret Honor, where it's this fictionalized version. It's really Nixon's. You're in you're Nixon's brain, you know, it's his brain turned inside out, you know, and, and shown as a guy in a room. Uh, the weird mom relationship comes up uh, a lot uh, again, because I think he had a weird relationship with his mom. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, I think one one thing it does really wisely. Uh, well, one thing is it I think it was intended for a much different audience than Nixon. You know, I don't think it was nominated for any Oscars. I think it was intended for a very niche audience it's a one-man show about richard nixon really it's a uh, so i think film. it can and if like you make those kind of emissions that a, a film like nixon that tries to be the grand historical epic really can't make because yeah it's really ultimately is about the stuff you're omitting you know it's about the stuff mm-hmm. you're not talking about like what did you talk about for three hours and 11 minutes yeah. Uh, if, if not the things that actually happened, you know, uh, but the other thing is, I think it does a much better job of dealing with the, um, you know, the, the whole Bay of Pigs thing, that line from. Dude, the, yeah. The OK, that, that's what I want. The, to the paranoia about. about the CIA and the Nixon sense that he was beholden to this uh, um, Eastern elite establishment um, mm-hmm. that he hated, but who also, you know, were sort of the hand that feeds. Um Secret Honor, I think, does a much better job of dealing with it. Also, 
uh, in Secret Honor, Nixon is played by Philip Baker Hall, the great yeah. uh, recently deceased Philip Baker Hall, in absolutely no prosthetics or makeup or any impression or anything like that. Makes no attempt to look like Nixon at all. Yeah. Uh, very wise move because, yeah. um, you know, Anthony Hopkins, um, it, it's just like he's an SNL character. Even when he's doing it well, it's like, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like he, he knows he looks nothing like Nixon, so he tries to push his face into like Nixon facial expressions and it's just that yeah. Nixon looks stupid and slack jawed <laughs> like, yeah it's like a guy who's as photographed and filmed yeah. as Nixon or any any and, modern US yeah, president there, there are it's good hard to play too. them yeah because it's just like it ends up like like that kind of like Brechtian yeah distance of like oh like this is obviously like Anthony Hopkins with Nixon makeup on like it never yeah, you never yeah. stop thinking that yeah, exactly. Um, it's um. So I do wanted to. Uh, I was I was hoping we would get to this. Uh, what you talked about that whole Bay of Pigs thing. This is uh. You know, this is sort of a point that they talk about in this movie, and they kind of allude to it at the end exactly what that meant. That this was a code word that Nixon used. But in some of the recordings that were you know released, Nixon's talking to Richard Helms, and he says, you know, I don't. We don't want to open up this whole that whole Bay of Pigs thing. And Richard Helms loses his fucking mind at him um so uh because uh, wait why oh what do you say oh (laughs) um but he loses fucking mind because that's nixon surreptitiously saying that whole bay of pigs thing means the jfk assassination because he's drawn a direct line from jfk not falling for dulles's trap during the bay of pigs uh and denying the air support which Dulles never forgave him. It was such a debacle that Dulles lost his job. And then, oh, look at that. Dulles disappears for the weekend. Disappe- uh, he has a bunch of people coming to his house the weeks leading up to November 22nd. Then he disappears to the farm, which is a CIA uh, spot in Northern Virginia the weekend of the assassination. JFK dies. Dulles comes out of hiding. And he's just like that little Kennedy. He thought he was a god. You know, he's so that's the direct line. So when Nixon says that whole Bay of Pigs thing, People generally interpret that to mean, listen, we don't want to open up this whole JFK assassination. And Richard Helms loses his mind. He's like, how the fucking dare you try to blackmail me? You you insipid little shit. It's basically what's going on there. But, and, and you know, so they, uh, you know, this movie talks about that a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I there's one part I'm going to try to remember where they sort of talk about that more. It's, um... There's one one character in this movie. They make a statement about how you don't leave your men stranded on the beach. I think it's Haldeman. It's Ed uh, Harris. Says yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's Ed Harris. Yeah, E. Howard Hunt. Yeah, yeah, E. Howard Hunt, yeah. who was a CIA agent who was involved mm. in the Bay of Pigs. Uh, the other burglars, uh, the Cuban burglars that they talk about in Watergate, were Cuban exiles who were involved in the Bay of Pigs and Operation Mongoose. And so one of the quotes that he says when uh, he's talking about how Nixon shouldn't leave his guys to go to jail, he says, you don't leave your men on the beach. And I think this is supposed to be like another comment that Oliver Stone is making about how the Nixon uh, resignation is a coup, just like JFK's assassination. Yeah, and I I will say, and part of this may just be, again, the kind of sclerotic nature of the film it's very difficult to track uh um what's happening what it's trying to say um but it seems like stone had a much clearer idea about what he thinks happened 
uh, with respect to the JFK assassination, with respect to Deep State involvement. Again, he's described um, his film uh, JFK as a counter myth. Um, Yeah, yeah. You know, he doesn't... Yeah, what... I'm not sure what he actually thinks about Garrison's uh, uh, case he brought against Clay Shaw, but he says, yeah, here's a counter myth. But he's sort of exact about the scope of what he thinks maybe happened with yeah. Nixon. He's like, yeah, I don't fucking know, but I don't know. The CIA guys were being real weird. Yeah. Which, you know, fair, fair so enough. I actually, uh, yeah. after the JFK episode, I, I like read into it more. And apparently the story that's told in there is the story that Glay Shaw tells about Jim Garrison's story. So like the, some of the elements that maybe seem like a little homophobic, uh, yeah. it's interpreted that Clay Shaw was sort of embellishing those parts in order to smear Jim Garrison's telling of the story. Oh, so it's basically just playing like, like telephone. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. like so it was like Clay Shaw, who was kind of like trying to portray Jim Garrison's story as a gay orgy gone wrong. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's a, that's apparently where that was. Um, <coughs> But Ian, do you, do you want to talk about what you uh, just threw in the chat? Yeah, just the casting of uh, yeah. of Nixon himself was pretty wild. So yeah, uh, the studio, the producers uh, hated the idea um, of Hopkins playing Nixon, and they wanted Tom Hanks or Jack Nicholson, neither of whom I can really picture as Nixon. No. All I mean, especially Hanks. Hanks would have been. I don't know. Bizarre. Maybe Bizarre, 30 right? at like, point. He would have been so yeah, young. And super so, like, young. And I don't know. I just can't think of him just Thoughty Nixon. Hot Nixon. Yeah. Just like Polar Express Nixon. I'm just not yeah, seeing yeah. it. Jack Nicholson would have been way over the top and campy, which might, might not have been that different ultimately from Hopkins's. Yeah. But I think the the most bonkers one of all would have to be Robin Williams. Yeah. I mean, Robin Williams. Can you yeah. just like. Coked I want up, the Robin Williams version of Nixon. Dude, yeah, that would have been awesome. Up, coked up 1980 Robin Williams, though, like peak stand-up yeah, yeah. SNL Robin Williams as Nixon would have been priceless. This would be like yeah. a, like the Day the Clown Cried level cult movie, I think, if, if we yeah. had gotten that treat of casting. Yeah, that's, that is the version of this movie that deserves to win every Oscar. <laughs> like, that is, I, I oh, would give so much Of those much names, that. Uh, Gary Oldman probably would have been the best, right? Oldman would have been fantastic, probably. I mean, Oldman yeah. could you do know? anything, I'm convinced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, obviously. Tommy yeah, Lee that, Jones, that, that'd yeah, be Yeah, what I think is really funny is that all the, this whole list, which uh, also for the listeners includes Gene Hackman, Tommy Lee Jones, and Warren Beatty, uh, the funny part about this is none of these guys look at all like each other or like Nixon. No, like no. this is just like, like and they're just like throw into the, the to the wind the the idea of getting somebody that even in any way, shape, or form resembles Nixon, and they're like, let's just get a cast uh, a bunch of different actors, uh, some of which uh, have like long careers in dramatic roles, some of which are younger, some of which are comedy actors. Yeah. And just, yeah. you know, let's see what the fuck happens. This well, is I will like, say, like it said, uh, in Secret Honor, you know, Philip Baker Hall, yeah. um, you know, looks absolutely nothing like Nixon. He's you're probably much older when the film was made than Nixon was uh, in, yep. in, in the Watergate days. Um, but, like, it, it works really well that they don't try to dress him up like Nixon at all. Um, and just through his performance, like, I mean, the guy, he's sweating paranoia out of his pores, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like he, 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 
he captures Nixon's like by by not trying to get the mannerisms or the weird smile or anything like that. Um, I think he's able to uh, do justice to the warped, just insane psychology of like late administration Nixon. That, and um, I think that's the right way to do it because like Nixon yeah, himself is absolutely. almost a caricature of himself. So like yeah. if you are going to do Nixon, you're doing a caricature of Nixon. There's no way to play that shit straight. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so when you, I was in my second grade, I, I knew about the I am not a crook big peace yeah. sign thing. Right. I, I didn't know who I Richard Nixon has. was. I just yeah. knew that was Richard Nixon. Yeah. Like he's a, a New Yorker cartoon. That yeah. and like, I knew the, the him as a head on Futurama, like in a jar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. It, and then it, there's it reminds, my favorite Nixon, which is uh, Forever President Nixon in Watchmen, which is just a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Anyway, he looks so stupid in that movie. I, yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking about that, like watching the movie. Like I can think of like multiple, uh, the Watchmen uh, uh, film Nixon. I remember like seeing that in theaters and like being like, mm-hmm. oh, it looks fucking stupid. Like why'd they give yeah. him a big nose? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, uh, what? Frank Langella in uh, like Frost versus Frost Nixon. Nixon. Yeah. Again, uh-huh. looks nothing like Richard Nixon. Like to to the point that it kind of brings you out of it that they have his hair slicked back again. It, it kind of just like like putting a a person in Nixon like hair and makeup just makes it look like an SNL impression. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like Anthony Hopkins. Think, you know? and the thing is, like Anthony Hopkins has scenes in this movie where he's Anthony Hopkins level acting. You know what I mean? But yeah. It's oh, just, like, he's you great. You watch it. You watch it, and you're just like, I just like. This is like a weird little alien man or something. <laughs> like yeah. it's just like, like. It, it like, in no way, shape, or form does he look like Nixon, and so their attempt to make him look like Nixon and sound like Nixon is just like the only time. Every time I see it, I keep thinking that's fucking Anthony Hopkins doing Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just like that, and so that was the thing. So there were there were points in this movie where, and I don't know if you guys will agree, but there were a few scenes in this movie that I was just looking at my notes to remind myself where you get a glimpse of like the just the level of performance that someone like Anthony Hopkins is capable of like that yeah, Shakespearean yeah. experience where this guy you know this is a guy who's played you know Hamlet right like and you know uh, in particular uh, that scene towards the very end like right before the credits scene where he's sitting and he's talking to you know buddy uh there's like this <laughs> moment where there's this very like uh king lear vibe and it's like it almost got there and i wrote like i felt like a little blue balled by that moment because it was almost like compelling it was almost like a really nice last shot and then it's like evan saying like you can't help but the whole thing just feels like a fucking cartoon and and so much of that has to do with just the weird characterization and maybe you know i think we've sort of already said this but like maybe that's impossible maybe you can't have a personality this recognizable who's got this sort of outsized look and and tone and like could anybody convincingly do it i don't know it's but um yeah even somebody who's got that gravitas like hopkins it's just not enough even in the scenes where it should be it just never is it just feels fucking stupid yeah because he's doing the voice he's doing the dumb voice and the little thing with his eye it never gets like every time hard hunt yeah (laughs) like and he slips into his fucking native accent. <laughs> he does. The Welsh it's, comes it's, through. He does. It's very fucking weird. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. He, has, I mean, he nothing, leans into his R's so much because you know you have to. But like, fuck. Nothing R. is more jarring though than Paul Servino as Kissinger. It's dude. 
utterly it so insane. Strange. It took me like, a second I, to realize who it was. Same, Cam. Like, yeah. I did not know. Yeah. I was like, Who's I recognize guy? that guy, I think. But, like, he doesn't look anything really like Kissinger, except for maybe the hair. Yeah, like the hair and glasses a bit. And you're like, and you, know, you, like... you definitely recognize that as, like, a guy that you know. And then I was like, oh, fuck. That's, That's fucking Kissinger. Paul Servino. Yeah, and it's meant to yeah, be Kissinger. Yeah, it's it's me, yeah. just bonkers. The fate, like the crazy sort of indiscriminate Eastern European accent. It's just the, like, it, right. like so <laughs> nice. what, what was he say at one point too? He's like, you know, oh, I, yeah, I can't do it. It's like, fucking, it's just like, what he's talking about is like, you know, even a president can go too far. Yeah, he's like, like crying. So, was, was he mean? Just he was mean to you? Yeah, you know? he was mean to him for like blackmailing him. And he's yeah. just like, how dare you blackmail me? I the movie, cool, it man. is weirdly like, the one salient point that the movie wants to make, like, it's like, it doesn't, you don't have to know about Watergate. You don't have to. Oh, who's Alger Hiss? Eh, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Pumpkin. Yeah. Um, none of this. I matters. learned nothing from this movie. Um, <laughs> the one point. What? Chairman Mao is just there. Okay. Brezhnev is just there. Okay. Doesn't oh, matter. Dude, the, the Brezhnev. No. Point, dude, the no. one. The one thing that this movie wants you to With know. With the camera angle for Brezhnev from like the underneath. one thing the movie Why? wants you to know is that Kissinger piped. Yeah. It constantly, <laughs> constantly. Yeah. Chairman Mao is like. You know, oh, Kissinger, how'd a fat guy like you get so much pussy? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, they're yeah, constantly just like, oh, Kissinger, the best like, aphrodisiac, like... Mr. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to come. <laughs> but, like, it's constantly treated like a dunk that this guy was, like, fucking right. more than anybody yeah, else in the administration. Yeah, this guy was just, like, drowning in pussy. Like fucking Henry Kissinger, it's just piping broads down left and right, and they're like, "Look at this fucking <laughs> like." <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, look I don't. At this I, I mean, over here, dude. <laughs> so many of the cinematography, photography choices in this movie are insane. Like, oh yeah, we get, the- we get way too many Dutch tilts when they're not indicated. We yeah. get like the, just for no reason. Like, I don't know, photographers just like, "Hey guys, I heard about this cool new thing. It's called the Dutch angle. I'm gonna try it out." Like, and they make no sense. So whoever called it like a dream sequence, like it just felt like a dream for two and a half hours. Cam, I think that was yeah. you. It absolutely yeah. did. It was like, uh, it's just like, like old white guys in dark rooms just talking. And, and so you lose any Drinking sort of semblance of, of reality. But, but the Brezhnev scene, I feel like we've got to call <laughs> that out because Dude. fucking Nixon is like dissociating. He's having a dissociative event while he's, talking to Brezhnev. And so you've yeah. got like the hot interpreter interpreting the Russian. Yeah. And, but Nixon Brezhnev is like, occasionally slipping nice. into English. Yeah. But, but <laughs> Nixon is like having another conversation with himself yeah. during that time. And his attention is clearly divided. And it's like, what, what are you trying to dram it? What, do, what, do, you know, what am I supposed to take away from this? And then this? the camera angle, the fucking low camera angle too. It's bonkers. Every time Brezhnev is talking, it's coming from like underneath him. And, it's oh, just like, and then when they have the two fuck? shot of him and his buddy, like yeah. him and his aide or his advisor talking about, uh, 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 is he going to be able to wiggle his way out of this one? Like that camera angle is also insane and yeah. totally unnecessary. And yeah. also the eyebrows are nowhere near fucking big enough for no. Brezhnev. caricatures. I want some fucking caterpillars. Look, on my eyebrows, which are like now. a normal, and this is a normal amount of eyebrow. Just yeah. in case you guys are wondering, mine yep. are like more exaggerated than that actor's were. Yeah. yeah. 
It's like, yeah. dude, so, no, you gotta put the goddamn fucking turkey. Give the right people away. Though, it, it, Let's go. It makes me when we're talking about like these real life people with these crazy characteristics. I'm reminded of I think it was Lars von Trier who was talking about working with Willem Dafoe for I think it was Antichrist, Antichrist where you sure, where he hangs yeah. dong in that movie, and they were talking about how the famous anecdote about that is that that's a prosthetic penis not because willem dafoe had too small of a cock but because his actual cock is so fucking big that if anybody saw it they'd be like that's ridiculous why would they put that giant fake dick on him and i think that's the thing with brezhnev if you put brezhnev sized <laughs> eyebrows on an actor people are gonna see that and they're fucking the the uncanny valley is gonna be just like yeah, ding, 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 yeah ding, ding. Like, there's no fucking way like, like, like why would they scanners or something like that <laughs> why would they make <laughs> this guy look like that it's fucking ridiculous it's so i think yeah, at a certain Vino point you almost have makeup. to dial it back <laughs> just so it's believable yeah. like i mean it, look at it, richard it, nixon's nose like look at this fucking thing the, i know who has a nose like that? So you put a prosthetic like that on somebody, it could be the realest thing in the world. It's like you were saying about Watchmen, Pat. Like, you're going to think it looks like a goddamn joke because it's like yeah. no one has a fucking schnoz like that. That's out of control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's that. And then the Mao scene, too. The, um, the Mao was, like, so weird. Like, the whole time he was he's just like... like <laughs> yeah, he was, like, this weird, like, menacing character. Like, they, they were really trying to lean into the communist course, menace Mr. part Nixon, about it. Nixon, you're as evil as I am. Yeah. <laughs> He's, yeah, he's just like laughing maniacally. They like really like hammed up the like gnarly teeth and shit too. It was just like, dude, this is like this is some sick shit, man. <laughs> Extremely sick. Yeah, shit. the whole kind of fever dream quality of the film. Um, like, eventually, like there are dream sequences, right? When he gets like rushed to the hospital because it was like angina or whatever. Yeah, and it's or, like, or when he's is like, this actually happening? To the or, like, college what's... kids. Right, I was going to say, no, that's that's not a dream sequence. I assume that was a dream sequence that actually happened. Right. I'm like, maybe the the worst scene is to represent. And it's like, oh no, he's just coughing up blood. Okay. All right. Okay. But that was so many scenes in this movie for me. It was me having to, like, stop and be like, is this. Okay, like fuck it. We're is just we're on the be ride. Real or like keep your arms yeah. and legs inside. I, I actually dream. looked up the uh, the the uh, Lincoln Memorial scene with all those students because that wasn't a dream sequence. Nixon that did happened. show up. Yeah, yeah, he was like you two yeah. playing on a rooftop <laughs> unannounced. You know, he just like he was the Beatles on Apple Records. Right, he just but, showed so up. The way that they filmed so the Lincoln the scene, Memorial it keeps interspersing between well, the kids being there and the kids not being there. He wanted and to so be like, like, are the kids yeah. there? Are they not there? Like, what the yeah. fuck? He wanted to be like you two playing on a roof unannounced, and instead yeah. he was just like you two showing up on your fucking iPhone unannounced. Well, it's and it's like because <laughs> you can tell you're watching those kids. I will say that was one scene that they captured so well because all the kids that may is like dude, maybe my favorite they, scene. They're in the playing movie. this triumphant music because like clearly in his yep. head, Dick is like, I'm gonna reach these kids. And they keep showing these little snippets of him, like, looking at Lincoln. Like, no, we don't but they're showing the kids in the shit. background be like, who the fuck is this rube? Like, this well, guy so, sucks like, so bad. Like, this is what actually happened. Yeah, he shows up to the Lincoln Memorial unannounced with, like, one yeah. Secret Service guy. And these, like, college students who are, <laughs> are doing a lay down on the steps in or whatever, however they protested, uh, like, wander in. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, that's really, like, actually the president. Like, the guy, like, we're, like, burning an effigy. And they, like, yeah. walked up to him. And we're, like, cool and civil to him because, like, how does a person normally act and be another person, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And they, like, shook his hand and stuff. And uh, I think that this is, like, the point where he was, like, kind of, like, the most on, like, playing Nixon. Yeah. Um, is he's like, oh, where, where, where are some of your students from? And one, one kid's like, oh, I'm from I'm from Syracuse. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Syracuse. Oh, good, uh, 
great football program they've got there. They've got uh, they've got Jim Brown and they've got the other the other running back, which is what he did. These like college students who are yeah. protesting Vietnam come in and he started talking college football with them, and they're just kind of like bemused, like, we're just not, like yeah, man, what? like yeah. sure. Um, and like yeah, he has like it's great. Because he's having what he considers to be like a civil discussion, like he thinks they're and making they're just some like, points, who, who the fuck and then the police is show up, and like again in that kind of like like Hopkins, I think, uh, uh, most effectively getting the sort of like studied forced nonchalance of Richard Nixon. Yeah. He's like, well, no, I'm just I'm just here rapping with some of my friends, and I I think we've actually found uh, quite a bit to agree on. And they're and like, no, and we fucking like, didn't. No, we what? That was the best. It's like, yeah, I thought <laughs> like, they found that we actually agree on many things. And she's like, no, we yeah. don't. And I thought that was yeah. uh, that was actually they're like a good little moment. We find you repellent. Yeah. 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 This is two uh, you're, separate you're like conversations. You're stepping in then. dog shit. Talking. Yeah. Pat, you've kind of nailed like the, the the crux of at least the Oliver Stone Nixon, which is just like, okay, remember what do you what does a normal person do when they meet another person? Like that's just like every yeah. moment watching this guy is it's well, just and like, that is I think how Nixon acted. I mean, one of my like yeah. favorite like, and I'm not a Nixon you know uh, uh, expert by any means, but like my one of my favorite like, and I think very telling anecdotes about him is that even he was like like at home years after he retired. Uh, or resigned, I guess, um, is the correct word for what he did. But uh, when he was done with you public life and me, stuff, I quit. even if he was just going to like, <laughs> pretty much, you can't prosecute me, I quit. 
Um, Like, even if he was just going to sit at home and, like, play piano and call his wife Buddy, um, every single morning, first thing he would do is put on a a, a suit and tie. He would put on a suit and tie to sit around his house alone. Like, the, the guy just never, like... Like, yeah, like, I think he did just, like, try his best to act like a normal person. And he was a little bit like an alien um, imitating a person in the sense that he was a Quaker imitating a person. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There were a couple of, and so that's the thing, they didn't even really, there were a couple of, like, kind of weak attempts to sort of humanize that and explain that. Like, which I actually thought was, could have been part of, like, a better arc to the story. You know, his brother's upstairs, presumably either dying or just died. His mother, Mary Steenbergen, comes down the stairs. He goes to give her a hug, and she's just like, nope, don't, and fucking shoves him. And that's like this, like, really brief moment of, like, she just mushes her kid, like, nope. But, um, yeah, there are these quick little things where it's like, we're going to try to explain why he is this way. But they just never, it's never enough. And that's like I think he just tried to capture too much in a movie. Like if if you can make a three hour movie and still have somebody like me walk away from this being like, cool. So what was up with Richard Nixon? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like if that, if that's the if that's the response, it's like I think you bit off more than you could chew. Well, yeah, that begs two <clears throat> questions. Like one, why are you attempting to humanize him? Right. Yeah. What is what is the what's the end game there? And B. Uh, you you know your reach is is exceeding your grasp in every one of these movies with JFK with Nixon like why not just uh, make the scope a little bit more manageable why why not why not bite off an appropriate amount that you can chew and not yeah. try and do everything for everyone all the time every deep right. event uh, over like a thirty year period and tie it all into you know somehow Nixon is the victim well I guess. Um, like, like we could have ended up with a with three three hour movies. Like if he had really yeah. like focused on each timeline uh, and given it the necessary focus, yeah. which would have been way worse. Uh, I will say that <laughs> I did like one sort of repeating theme throughout this movie, which is you know I, basically every person, every guy portrayed in this movie is like like should should be tried for war crimes. They're all like some of the worst people that have ever lived, and yet like multiple times throughout the movie. One of them get is getting blackmailed, and they get like really offended and like yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like sad that they're that they're mm-hmm. that their co-conspirators are blackmailing them, and they're like, "Wow, why would you say that? Oh my god!" And it's just like, like fucking was it? Hodeman does it. Uh, I think Ehrlichman does it. Um, Kissinger does it at one point. Uh, Hunt does it. It's just like they're all like getting like really upset. Like even in the delete scene, Nixon with Helms, they're all just like, "Wow, why would you?" Come on, you really me? Black Like I know that's like literally <laughs> exclusively friends. what we've been doing for seven years, but I it's not like it our entire arrangement yeah. is yeah. us yeah. trying to fuck over everybody else, and that eventually we'll fuck over you guys too. Right. It's like like being presented that, or like you know when fucking uh, what's his uh, when Hoover brings up Johnny Roselli, you know the mobster Johnny Roselli to Nixon, and he's like, "Well, I'm not trying to embarrass you, so maybe we can go for a walk." And I'll bring up the fact that uh, I know that you know Johnny Roselli and that Johnny Roselli has done some shit for you. And maybe you don't fucking want that to get out. So if you want me to back you for president, uh, you're going to have to do something for me because I know that about you. You know, what I mean, and it's just like this whole thing where it's like everybody's getting offended 
that they're like working with mobsters to kill people <laughs> and being blackmailed yeah. for it. Well, they are they are deep state murderers and sickos, but but at they're the end of the day, people. they're they're like prep school like Yale yeah. boys. So so they they have a sense of decorum. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And I do think I mean I do think it's probably authentic. It's probably exactly how it went down. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, f- I forget who it is. I think it's like David Hyde Pierce and somebody else when they're walking down the hallway. The guy turns to David Hyde Pierce to John Dean and says, "You yeah. you know we're next, right? Like mm-hmm. everybody knew." It's, it's Haldeman, uh, yeah. Oh, that's James yeah. Woods. Yeah, that's Haldeman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You yeah. know we're next. Niles and Crane. They they see yep. they see it happening. <laughs> um, and and of course they're going to be shocked because it would never have occurred to them that that you know that what they've been doing for their entire yeah, sure, careers would be sure we're going to screw over everybody else, but they're not going to screw over me, right? No. <laughs> like. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was. So that is one other thing that I actually do think the film captured, and I don't have the the historical knowledge to back up whether this is legit. I don't really know like what, if any, like actual legitimate accomplishments Richard Nixon managed during his tenure. But I think the movie does a really great job of at least portraying that it wasn't much. Really, what they were doing was sitting around plotting against each other just the whole time like it was just this clusterfuck of like you know boys at a sleepover just fucking trying to prank each other and that like it it creates this really claustrophobic sense where he's constantly going on and on and on about we could change the world we could change everything i'm gonna redefine politics it's gonna be a new revolution and it's like dog we're in year seven like what do you when and i think that is kind of true yeah and henry kissinger's like he could have changed Thing. Right, it, it could. Uh, he know, was he on the cusp of greatness. I'm like, at what fucking point? The dude was just like a forever loser who lucked. He's into been a wasted win. for years. What yeah, and then he about? finally gets it, and as soon as he gets it, he's like, yeah, fucking, fucking bomb Cambodia. Also, everyone's yeah. fired, and like, okay, no it's just like, holy shit! Like, just a, a, an immediate implosion of character and inability to handle yeah. the power that he's been given. But the whole time, everyone's just jerking each other off. Like, we could have really done something here. I'm like, what the fuck? You did exactly what, what you were point? good at. Like you. You, actually, you did one thing in a you spectacular guys have spent fashion. You years getting drunk and trying to kill Casper. Yeah. That's all you yeah. guys have been doing. That is it, you fucking idiots. <laughs> like, you oh, managed also, one thing, and that was to kill your own president. That's the only <laughs> thing. <laughs> there's one other thing in this movie. that There's one shot in this movie that I thought was pretty good, and this might sound stupid, but the first shot that Richard Nixon's in, I actually really liked because I thought that it created... Um, a really good sense of physical discomfort for me because they, he, uh, I forget who it was even at this point because this is hours and hours of my life ago. But uh, <laughs> somebody walks in and he's handing him uh, uh, like some file or some tapes. He's like, I've got the tapes you asked for. And then they show blazing fire, blasting air conditioner, chugging whiskey drinking yeah. pills and i'm like oh this guy sucks this this yeah, room must yeah, have that's felt yeah. that's king he's, shit dude that guy's yeah, gross he's but I'm just saying, like, that's the grossest room to be in the world guy. right now <laughs> like yeah. and i was like okay i understand how how slimy and sweaty this room must be he in this moment wet. He, he is <laughs> wet this dude he's is wet he's a damp, he's a damp man Lids yeah, and yeah. scotch and AC. he's not john candy and jfk but he gets pretty wet yes during the uh, during the the JFK uh, debate scene, um, mm-hmm. which again very just oh god yes got, that you've one got, you've got cutting extremely between, moist uh, yeah. uh, Hopkins and in in grayscale <clears throat> and actual uh, newsreel footage, and then the back of uh, uh, JFK stand-ins head yeah um, and just which by the way just as a side one of the yeah. 
one of the great pieces of, of uh, like historical gaslighting uh, is that, oh, you've got a debate with handsome JFK and ugly Richard Nixon. They both look like shit. Absolutely. They both look like they look sh- JFK looked like shit. His face was all yeah. fucked up from yeah, pills. He had, he had Addison's disease. So it's pretty, yeah, like, he had his, Addison's his disease. skin would just turn like yellow and he would just like look wicked sickly and gaunt oh, sometimes. And he was and totally he Yeah, and like, I'm like, sorry, people <laughs> people were watching this shit in 1960. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's people were watching it on a 1960 television <laughs> and they're like, I can tell which one of these guys is hot. Yeah. Fuck you. Well, yeah, it was just before like before you appeared on a three and a half Kennedy. inch screen. Well, but it makes <laughs> me think of like when people talk about like like Ted Bundy and they're like, oh, he was so handsome and charismatic, and I'm like, yeah, out of a room full of guys who strangle chicks, like, yeah. he's not like good looking or charismatic. But if you've got a room full of dudes whose like hobby is murdering, like, yeah, he might yeah. be the best looking guy in that room. I don't know, man. Richard Ramirez, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Richard Ramirez, if he'd had like nice some dental it, work, he he could have yeah, been good looking. But kinda no, it's nice, like yeah. a, the other thing too is like with Jackie Kennedy. When you look at picture of Jackie Kennedy, she was supposed to be this like beautiful dude. Super I'm mid, sorry, dude. she looks like a gremlin, like an actual <laughs> yeah, gremlin from the movie Gremlin. <laughs> she looks like if you're making she a character like, in an what? Elder Scrolls game and you she put the eye space gizmo, slider dude, like, like all the way to the fucking <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you remember the guy I made, Evan? Floppy Puss that made yeah, the, flop, for, yeah, floppy I made it to the top of Reddit once. One time in my life, I was top <laughs> of the main page of Reddit, and it was with an Oblivion character I made. They floppy puss. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that kind of looked like Jackie <clears throat> Kennedy. Um, all right. Well, I don't know. Uh, so we've been going for about ninety minutes now. Um, you guys have any more thoughts that you want to give, or should we get to the we've, the rating? We've been section? trash. We've been trashing this movie for like eighty minutes. Is there? Yeah. I mean, I picked out one good thing that I thought was good about it. I mean, Joan Allen's performance I thought was good. She, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. she she had she was actually required. Um, her portrayal like had some some depth and breadth to it. I, I don't know, like. Hopkins' performance. I think we've we've sort of talked yeah. around it, but. It sort of transcends like good and bad. It's just like yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of plane. so over the top in a lot of ways that you can't say that it was good or bad. Is there, like, I love seeing Powers Booth and pretty much anything. Yeah. He was great. I thought David Hyde Pierce yeah. was great. Is there any like yeah. any of like your guys? Who are your guys? Who are your guys in Nixon? Yeah, well, uh, so I mean, I like you know, uh, I love James Woods and his portrayals. Woods almost flat every top movie. in this. Because oh, he is ten out of ten. Like, you know, I mean, like James so Woods. Good. If you want a creepy weirdo, James Woods, <laughs> like like him and fucking a uh, Videodrome is oh like God. one of the perfect, most perfect, perfect. casting choices ever. But, like we need a sleaze ball to play a sleaze ball. We're going James fucking Woods. And so like I loved James Woods in this. Um, I'm got I gotta give it up for my man, the uh, Paul Servino's Henry <clears throat> Kissinger. Jesus. Such a bizarre performance. I loved every second that he was on screen. <laughs> Because it was just like, what the fuck is happening? I gotta give it up for him. Those are my boys. I gotta give it up for Woods and Sorvino. Right what, about, what about you, Pat? Um, I mean, I gotta, I you know, have yeah. to give it up for for David Hyde Pierce. I knew, um, yeah, yeah. I knew you know, that 1995. Was one this is like season what four of Frasier, and he just yeah. goes to play John Dean. Um, <laughs> you know, he won he won four Emmys um, for Frasier. Yeah. Uh, also, also the guy who plays Donnie. Uh, Niall's divorce attorney uh, who oh, uh, goes on to get engaged to Daphne is also in the movie. Deep Fraser uh, So Lord. a couple of a couple of Fraser connections. Uh, these are actually noted in my 
in my notes from the film. I, I, I did. Nothing I, the else first, when I saw it, immediately I'm like, Pat's probably on cloud nine right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cam. Um, Cam, let's go. Uh, well, too. so the only person that hasn't been mentioned that I always like, just because he's been in some movies I like, is Ed Harris. And he's barely in yeah. this movie, but Ed Harris fucking rules. He's great. Um, as, as E. Howard Hunt. And I always, this, I, is, this is like peak <laughs> Ed Harris era, too. I feel like this yeah, is Ed yeah. Harris at his best. I he's still love him. Night. This is well, Ed like Harris he was, in his Ed Harris era. Yeah, so. he was mm-hmm. right. Because Ed Harris has looked the same age forever. Um, yeah, yeah. So this, this is, is him at his like, Ed Harrisist. Yeah, his, yeah, he was he was like the the platonic um, the platonic uh, not, not archetype. What's the word he used? Yeah, but like uh, the Greek word, I forget. But anyway, ideal. yeah, he was like the platonic ideal of of Ed Harris. Um, yeah. And it just always every time I see him, I think of uh, two of my favorite movies: fucking The Rock and uh, 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 The Abyss. Uh, oh, yeah, two really good, like mm-hmm. stupid yeah. movies, and Ed Harris is great in both of those. So, oh, I love the Abyss. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a great one. Always good to see him. All right, <clears throat> okay. He did so, look the same oh. age for a long time, having just watched the film uh, Top Gun Maverick. Oh yeah, uh, in which he plays an oh, admiral. I can say uh, I somebody Maverick, somebody yeah. destroyed a portrait of Ed Harris because the, <laughs> the years caught up with him. Do you think quick. that if he's a hundred and five? If the, if he let someone cut his hair, would it help? Because his hair, I think, is the thing that makes him look fucked up. Yeah. Because he's been bald forever, but he's got like the you know he's got the the, the shaggy pate. Yeah. If yeah, he yeah. if he I feel yeah. like if he kept that tight, he would look a hundred percent better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if he just pulled, a theory. If he, he should go full a, Bruce uh, Willis. Patrick Stewart. Got or Jason Stewart. Stewart. Clear eye. Shit tight. Yeah. All right, so uh, so on a um, scale, uh, what are, what's our scale? Sorry, were you? About all right, to so do yeah, that that's what I'm about to get to that. So for the new fans that we have, the new listeners who may not maybe not have listened to uh, the uh, the Alexander episode, it's probably a pretty good chance you listen to JFK one. So we talk about it there, but we started this in the Alexander episode, Alexander the Great and his uh, his boy lover uh, Hephaestion. Who's a man? We do ratings based on Hephaestion thighs. So <laughs> so how many Hephaestion thighs? Will we be giving this this movie on a scale of one to five? And I'll go first. And I'm actually going to go a little bit higher than I thought I would. I'm going to go two full thighs. Dang. Now, based on my enjoyment of this movie as what it's intended, it would be a one. But just because there were so many moments that I quite literally laughed out loud, <laughs> like full belly laughed, I'm going to give it two. I, I got to do it just because, like, this movie is so fucking funny for, like, 15 of the, like... 200 minutes the infinity minutes that it was yeah on. it like i it took me three sittings three one hour sessions and and every time I, i'm sitting there like man i don't think i got the i don't think i can do this so i'll give it two profession thighs let's go cam what do you got uh, yeah i actually you kind of stole my thunder i was gonna rate along <laughs> very similar terms i think if i was hoping to enter this film and leave it feeling like i knew anything about any of this shit i would have to give it a one because it's it's a it's bad but um i had a lot of fun watching it uh surprisingly (laughs) and i would even say i probably enjoyed it more than you did uh it was a really it's a good bad movie and there are it's too long but uh yeah but uh there are bad bad movies and there are good bad movies and i think this is still slight for me this was kind of the latter and uh so i would give it like two and a half three hephaestion thighs for enjoyment, but definitely it's a one thigh movie. Man, it, it, it's thigh a polished for turd for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Patrick, what we got? I'm. I mean, my my gut reaction is is a thigh and a half. 
is yeah. one one point five Hephaestion thighs, and that's that's generous. That's like it is, yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna write that off on my taxes as a charitable <laughs> donation. Yeah, at least um, half the thigh, at least one half thigh, is uh, tax deductible. Yeah, I mean, it was at least I didn't think I was going to enjoy the movie very much. I didn't think it was going to be all that good, yeah. um, but I thought it was going to be a much more conventional motion picture than it was. Yeah. Um, it was at least yeah, kind of interesting in that respect, I guess. But it was just horrible. I didn't like yep. watching it, and I wish I hadn't. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm looking so through my notes half. if there's anything else I didn't mention. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, 1.5. It was All bad, right. and it made you feel bad. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ian, I, I, Ian, let's hear it. I don't know how you go any, anywhere other than one thigh for this. This was a dog shit movie. It was an endurance. Like I felt like Shackleton going to, to the fucking North Pole or whatever. I, I mean, I got to give it up. Um, the, the guy who I always hate, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Mick LaSalle in the Chronicle said, the problem here isn't accuracy, it's absurdity. Hopkins' yeah. exaggerated portrayal of Nixon is the linchpin of a film that in its conception and presentation consistently veers into camp. And, and pretty much like almost all the other um, critics of the time, like yeah. they, 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 they just got, got reviews. they, they just got fooled. They got fooled by the, by the, you know, the high price production values and the, the excellent cinematography and the, you know, stellar cast of characters. But like, this is a shitty movie done poorly. Like, I think, you know, anytime I would consider like getting back into it or like buying back in, they would do like that newsreel thing and would just yeah. rip me out of like whatever groove I had just been in. It was just a disaster. The The montage stuff didn't land. Um, so anytime, you know, for, for every one thing that Stone would do right, he'd do three things wrong. And so like it no. was just a, a, a failure on on almost every level. So it's one thigh for me. All right. Yeah. So. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, the Left and Red Extended Universe. Uh, not a ton of thighs uh, going towards this movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we're 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 not we're not handing thighs out left and right for this. Also, one. yeah, this mine is a... mine is one like Joan Allen thigh, like a very lean, oh, no. narrow. Thigh. Yeah, not meaty. Not yeah, meaty yeah. in any way. Like a weirdly yeah. erotic Quaker mom, Mary Steenburgen <laughs> thigh. Yeah. Yeah, she's not thick. She's many things, no. but she's yeah. no. Mm-mm. Yeah. Not um, not a curvy woman. No. Yeah. Which also I guess uh, we forgot to mention the weird scene of like his brother dying of tuberculosis in a field and everybody's just watching him. Make like, it stop, like, father, like, make it stop. Like it's a fucking TV program. They're just like, "Hey, your brother's dying of tuberculosis over there. You want to take a look?" Like Which like, again comes fuck? in like an hour and a half in to the movie or whatever. Yeah. Um after the uh again just if the movie had just been in chronological order, right? Cause it's like yeah. an hour and a half in or whatever after the Kennedy assassination, um, when he's losing his shit about Bobby and Ted and his wife, who, again, I have to mention this again, he calls buddy. Yeah. Like <laughs> she's the guy, yeah. she's the guy like extremely hey, black and miles from at, at the seven <laughs> yeah. eleven. Yeah. Um, hey chief. Yeah. But yeah, buddy yeah. is like, it's hey, like tiger. They, they lost. <laughs> Hey, Listen, pal, we've had our kids. Uh, I'm not fucking anymore, okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, his wife, uh, Jabroni, says, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they lost a brother. You should understand that. And again, if you know nothing about Richard Nixon, you're watching the movie, you're like, I don't know that. 
And then they're like, they're oh, like, now, now we'll let's tell watch you. you his like, brother I don't know, maybe puking if you would the thing in chronological order, we, the viewers, would understand, we'd remember it. And we'd go, oh, okay, but no. Stone's like, wait, and then we'll show it afterwards for 20 fucking minutes. So you, got, you guys yeah. didn't live through this era, but like after Pulp Fiction came out, it, w- it was against the law to show a movie in chronological order, so... Yeah, yeah, that that tracks. I was wondering if that was uh, <laughs> if that was a, a thing for a while. Oh my god, yeah. yes, yeah. No, if you were just doing like a linear timeline, you're a fucking chump. Yeah, you're a rube. Yeah. Yeah. That's not art. Yeah. No. Well, that so that's the thing. I think that's another of like my final synopses of this is like so there are Oliver Stone, mo- Stone movies I dig obviously because there are good Oliver Stone mm. movies. Uh, I I love the movie Platoon. I know I was talking about that before the show with Evan. I'm not saying it's the best movie ever, but that's a, that's a good movie. That's um, good. But with it seems like with JFK and then with Nixon and then with Alexander there's such a trend where he's trying to combine styles of movie that shouldn't ever be combined so he wants to do these like big Ben-Hur style historical epics but he also wants to make these like weird kind of indie like art house films but then he also wants to do like the ensemble cast thing but he also wants it to be hyper historically accurate and it's like you can't you just that's that <laughs> so, so Ian just typed in the chat. He's doing rap rock, which I think is is great. He's, He's the, the Fred Durst, the Fred of, Durst movies. of movies, um, and that's accurate. That's a great take. It's just these are things that there are examples of it maybe working better than this, but like this ain't it. Good this rap, movie bro. ain't it. No. Yeah. Some yeah. Keep sometimes you know chocolate and peanut butter is good, but like you know I don't know maybe dog shit and peanut butter less good. Right. Yeah. Look similar. Don't, don't always cross the streams. <laughs> no, he's clearly a competent filmmaker. He made some great yeah. movies. Salvador, fucking rules. Wall Street. Um, Wall Street, I, great I'll, movie. I'll even fuck with Born on the Fourth of July in addition to to Platoon. But like, uh, yeah, Natural Born yeah, Killers, he, for Christ's sake, has not been yeah. mentioned. But my man, just, and, and Natural uh, Born Killers was like right around the same time as this movie. Yeah, very like very, so. Yeah, it's just like, era. but yeah. clearly like started getting high in his own supply. Get read, you know, believing yeah. his own press and thought he Lobster could do the anything. South. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, so I guess the next time we have you guys on, maybe we'll do W. Uh, you know, I, I would have an inclination to, to do that for 9-11. But uh, honestly, I love doing these episodes. These are like some of my favorite episodes, so maybe we'll do it sooner. I don't know. Uh, I got to check um, the runtime on W, you guys. Yeah, yeah seriously. I, I, oh, I, I was going to say, maybe if we do another Stone movie, can we like do a good one? Because I feel like this is a lot. It's a tight 129, 129 minutes. That's oh. easy. I oh, can do that right. standing on my head. W himself watched the movie and enjoyed it, so it can't be that long or no. complex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 If a movie's too long, he just starts choking on pretzels. If so. it, right, I was going to say, if it exceeds the average consumption time of like a sixer of, of fucking Lone Star, then. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one can every 20 minutes. That tracks. Yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Perfect. Um, all right, boys. Well, uh, again, I want to thank you guys for coming on. Uh, you know, if um, I guess at this point, if you guys want to plug anything, uh, tell people where to find you, where to follow you, where to follow your stuff. Uh, you know, uh, now now's your chance. The floor is yours. So uh, this is Ian. I do a podcast with uh, Ross from the Rigs of Dad podcast, and it is called uh, Film Basics with Bassists Who Love Film. And we've got a Patreon, and you can go to patreon.com slash rigsofdad to check that out or just subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Also, my solo project, Interesting Times Gang, which I think uh, is still responsible for some of the music that you hear on these episodes. Every episode. It's yep. our theme song, yeah. 
We've got a, uh, I've got a full length dropping on Pax Eternum um, on the 18th, uh, November 18th, which is, uh, as we're recording this, still about a week out. I'm not sure when this will go up, but it'll either have just come out or about to be out. So that's uh, Interesting Times Gang. And the record is called The Spirit of Science Fiction. And you can get it anywhere you get your music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we featured a lot of your music. We had uh, one a few weeks ago that uh, had all collapsed culture so- songs on it. <clears throat> which, oh, uh, hell yeah. You know, yeah. I would say it's probably maybe my favorite project of yours. So awesome. Collapsed culture is great. No lights. You got Kowloon Wild City. Ian does a million projects and they all fucking rule. So I absolutely suggest everybody check them yeah, out. Yeah. I, I don't think we've ever like talked about that on here. But yeah, Ian is actually more a part of this show than these episodes. Yeah. You hear him at the yeah, start. Yeah, you've been of, on every, you, every, yeah, you're the unofficial Every third single episode of Left Unread has featured yeah. Ian. So. In your face, Pat. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, Pat so Pat. Is the extra unofficial fourth <laughs> member. Anyway, Pat, yeah, now what do you want to plug? <laughs> So I've got I've got not a lot going on. Um, um, uh, I, guess, I guess you can follow me on Twitter where I tweet about the types of beef jerky I'm eating, um, that kind of thing. Uh, or I, you know, maybe if you, because I don't have a, a Patreon, um, but if you maybe donate to or subscribe to Ian's and just like if there's a memo line, if you can say like, oh, this is for Pat Breen. Like, you can just demo it to me. Um, I, yeah, I, yeah. My, my palms are sweating. I didn't know. I should have started an OnlyFans or something so I could have something to promote. Um, I mean, yeah. sweating I mean, palms you, is a good place to start. There's got to be yeah. a market for that. Ooh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, you've got you've got your own podcast that hopefully will come back eventually. This Do is I? bad about things that are bad. Um. Yeah, you could you can go listen to a um, a fifteen month old episode of that podcast. Um, <laughs> most places, I th- I think those are still up somewhere. Um, uh, um, yeah, they they canceled the show I didn't like watching, so that oof. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys gotta find another CBS show to do. Another Chuck yeah. Lorre. I would love to I do don't really a TV want to do show that. podcast. It would like give me an excuse to watch some like good bad show. Yeah, should be maybe that should be something we discuss because I would do I would do a TV show podcast. I would do that. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Well, All right. Uh, thank you guys for joining us and yep. uh, for sitting through that movie. And <laughs> <laughs> Evan, unless there's anything else you want to add. Um, thanks again for joining us for another episode of Left on Red we will see you guys next week with another fun installment we've got some cool stuff coming up Uh, oh and as always uh, we always like to mention the show is totally spread by word of mouth uh, so just tell your friends tell your loved ones um, tell anyone uh, tell people on the street um, run up to them and tell them tell randos yep tell randos listen to it really loudly on the subway um be like, these are uh, my friends. Headphones. Yeah. These are my friends talking. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are, and we consider ourselves your friends. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, we will see you guys all next week or in two weeks or whenever. Bye. Peace. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you. Bye bye.